Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, welcome to The Guinea Pig. I'm Dr. Mariam Zamani, an oculoplastic surgeon and aesthetic doctor. And I'm Fiona Golfer, a writer and journalist. I'm no stranger to a cosmetic procedure, and I'm willing to try pretty much anything. Which is why I'm here to make sure Fiona and anyone else that's out there considering a treatment to help make a better informed decision safely and to try and collect as much information as they can. Every fortnight, this podcast comes to you from Mariam's Clinic in Chelsea. If you're looking for an honest, no-holds-barred approach to invasive and non-invasive cosmetic surgery, then the guinea pig is here to help you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the clinic for another episode of the guinea pig podcast. Today, we are focusing on the eyes, Mariam's special subject. Um, My favorite. So you should be happy. And we're going to look at all the procedures appropriate for different complaints. And much as I love being the guinea pig and having all the focus on me, there's nothing wrong with my eyes. So we've had to find somebody who's not happy with theirs. And I'm thrilled that my very old friend, well, you're not very old, we've just been friends for a long time, Jane Pickering, who was fashion editor at Vogue with me for a long time and then moved on to be fashion editor at Marie Claire magazine until recently. And she is here in the clinic to talk about how she feels about her eyes. So hi, Jane. Hi, Fiona. Nothing. Hi, Maria. Hi, thank you for coming. Jane, take your glasses off so I can stare at you and I'm okay. talking. Jane, describe how you feel about your eyes. I feel that my eyes are the kind of really weak spot on my face. I feel that they really age me. And I've always had these kind of fatty pads under my eyes. And I've been thinking about having them done for the last 10 years. I talk about it a lot, but never actually get around to do to it. Anyone so I'm, who I'm, quite, I'm quite nervous about, the, about surgery. Yes. You know, and I go, then I lie in bed and I'm thinking, my God, I'm going to be on that bed, you know, my eyes. And it just makes me feel nervous. Most people do, actually. Yeah. I think it would be unusual to find a patient who's yeah. not nervous about the eyes because, yeah. one, it is the first place that you look at when you look at somebody. So yes. it is that, you know, cliche window to your soul. It, it sort of is. See, where you say your eyes let you down, I think that's your biggest asset is your big eyes. So no, it's interesting. You've got this amazingly you know, a pretty face, but yes. you've got what I call kind of like pre Raphaelite beautiful eyes. Your eyes really are very big like Thank Bambi you, you know like those yes. big dewy eyes yes. so but that's probably why it bothers you the most is because that was your pl- thing that you you know had for yourself and yeah. now you don't think that they're as good as they might have I mean I see photographs be. of myself and I immediately look at my eyes and oh my god you know great big baggy things but you know it's in my family my father had it and it's just a hereditary thing, I suppose. So it's kind of like getting gray hair, I tell my patients. Everybody gets them. It's a matter of when you get them. So family history sometimes can mean that you have 
prolapse fat earlier than other people. Um, but it doesn't, it's not always, there's no hard rule. So basically when you have puffy lower eyelids and they're truly puffy, meaning that they bulge out slightly or prolapse, it's because we have three fat pads in the lower eyelid. We have a medial, a central, and a lateral one. And they are kept back with a thin piece of connective tissue. And with time, that tissue becomes attenuated. Sometimes in people who are contact lens wearers or rub their eyes a lot or you know just have a family predisposition, that can happen sooner than later. But it is like gray hair. It's an eventuality. Everybody gets them. Some people older than, than others. And unfortunately, the only way to, to get rid of that is a surgical procedure. Now, Now, in early stages of having a little bit of fat prolapse, you could mask the problem. So the only way to get rid of it is surgery, but then there's other ways that you can sort of hide it by uh, treating the areas around it. So usually when you have a hill, it looks even bigger than what it is because there's a slight little valley next to it. And that valley creates a shadow effect. And that shadow effect is actually what people usually call dark circles, quote unquote. You know, like you don't actually have dark circles. It's not pigmentation there, but it's just the shadowing effect between the, the, the little hill and the little valley that That's you have. That's what I can see on Jane's eyes. Mm-hmm. That, so from the corner of the inside corner of your eye, it runs there's a little shadowy bit yeah. that's sort of like a trough. It's right? a trough. That's and what we call the, the tear trough. Yeah. And then tear right trough. above, that's where tear trough yeah. comes from. And the only reason you notice that a little bit more is because there is a little bit of that fat prolapsing forward. Yeah. Now, for Jane, because she is a slender woman, for those of you don't, who don't know her, yeah, she's teeny weeny. And she has a nice shape to her face, but it's it's a, it's you have a small, petite frame in general. So sometimes having surgery is a difficult choice because there are different ways to surgically remove this. One is from inside the eyelid. It's called a transconjunctival blepharoplasty. It's a really big word to say that you're going from the conjunctiva or the skin on the inner part of the eye. That's a beautiful surgery just to remove fat. It has very minimal change in the way that you look. So it doesn't affect the shape of the eyes in any any way. You do have downtime. It is a surgical procedure. So that area is cut and I don't personally stitch that back up. So I leave it to close on its own and it closes really within a week to 10 days. I don't do that because, you know, it's irritating to have stitches rubbing Where against you your cut? eyes. From the corner? I do it from, I pull the eyelid down yeah. and I have a special equipment that I can sort of um, flip that part of the eyelid and I can go from inside of the eyelid. Oh I'm actually really quite far, I'm quite far away from the eye itself. So everyone yeah. always worries there's a protective uh, contact lens that's in the eyes at all time to protect the oh, actual you put integrative. A, you put a contact lens in it's actually red. It's yeah. not clear, but it's a it's a thin plastic right. um, contact lens that one keeps the eye lubricated. I put some ointment in there, and two just to protect the eye, so that you know if the eye is slightly open, it doesn't dry out or anything. Mm. But it's actually quite far away from the actual eyeball. Um, people are always very scared of that, and that is a beautiful procedure to remove just fat. It won't address any outer skin issues. It won't address re re you know distributing fat. Sometimes you can. Re- distribute from inside the eye, but for myself, I, d- I generally don't. So if it's just fat that bothers you, that's a nice way to, to remove the fat. 
if you're bothered by a little bit of loose skin and fat, then the best way to approach it is from underneath the eyelash. So most of us have a line that runs a few millimeters underneath our eyelash line, and that's a beautiful place to hide an incision from a lower eyelid blepharoplasty. Now, the, the, the benefit of this is you can remove skin and fat, the downside of this is that you can have a scar that's there for extended period of time until it heals and eventually disappears. And generally, when we remove a little bit of skin from the lower eyelids, we like to also give traction to what's called the lateral canthus. Uh, because I'm not sure if you've ever seen women or men who've had surgery and you see a lot of the white of their low, of the eyelid at the bottom. So when you look at any of us sitting here the lower eyelid actually crosses the pupil. Uh, you don't see any of the white underneath the eyes. That's a big fear of mine. That's a, one of my main fears is having the, where, the, where the eyelid doesn't quite hit the eyeball. Yes. That's, so know. that can happen from having yeah. skin removed from the lower eyelid. And in order mm. to prevent that from happening, there are a few things that need to be done. One is obviously you can't remove too much skin because if there's too much skin removed, then mm. of course... Uh, the normal skin is going to retract and you're going to have that exposed. Also, Jane, you have a tendency, because I know you, and I know that you're a fiddler and you fiddle yeah. with the skin around do your eyes. I do, yeah, yeah. sometimes I, I do. Don't do often, yeah. Yes, did, I don't do that. Yes, you did, yeah. Me yeah, tell me off, We've yeah. just been away together and I was like, will you just stop pulling at the skin around your eyes? Like, Please what, don't what do that. Doing, it's the most delicate idiot. skin on I'm the body. Like, just pick, yes, like doing this. Oh my gosh, don't do that. Don't do that. Wear your glasses all the time. You can't go through them. Also, if you're going to do anything like this, I'm not having you pulling when you've, you know. Yeah, exactly. Actually, on a side note, I am going to tell you a story. I have a a lovely patient who I did an upper and lower eyelid blepharoplasty on and he came in four days later with his wound open never <gasps> happened before and I fixed it I put it back together and I thought that's you know very odd it happened a second time a week later and I thought you know this is highly unusual I thought I asked him if he was an eye rubber and he said I'm not an eye rubber Turns out, I gave him the, the second time I fixed it, I spoke to actually a colleague of mine who said, you know, ask him if he's an eye rubber. Regardless, I decided at that point that I was going to put an eye shield on him to sleep at night because yes, I thought he perhaps he was doing it, something in his sleep. Right. And yes. he said he woke himself up multiple times because he went to rub his eye, but he had these eye shields on and they're plastic and he couldn't do it. Right. And that woke him up that he couldn't do that. Very so it's absolutely very it's bad. Yes. Don't do yeah, that. It's like a child with chicken pox having mittens on. You can't touch them. You but mittens, you can still rub your eyes. You that's can't true. pick, but that's true. Uh, so, yeah. so it is, uh, you know, it's, that's very rare and he was lovely and everything healed beautifully, but you know, yes. it was for you both of us a little bit, a little bit stressful there because I, you know, I never had a wound you open. Watch yeah. out for those night robbers, don't yeah. you? <laughs> the night robbers. I think we could set cameras up around your house because so, <laughs> I don't trust you, yeah. frankly. You can go and you know keep her company yeah. because actually, initially after surgery, you, you know you have the pads on your eyes. Yeah. So as I was saying, if you remove the skin and a little bit of fat from or just skin from the lower eyelid, it's important to also secure that lateral canthus, which is the corner of the outer part of the eye, and it, that prevents that outward turning of the eye and sometimes that pull going downwards. Mm. The downside of that is that you can change the shape of your lower eyelid even by a millimeter. And in some people, a millimeter is all you need to 
be completely annoyed with yourself. So I think you know, for me that millimeter would be a big difference because my eyes are around. They're not. So any kind of slight pulling up would look really change it. So it can. So I always I always tell everybody that it's a possibility. Obviously, I and any other oculoplastic surgeon tries not to have that happen. Mm. But there's no way of sort of guaranteeing it because the best way to have that done is to have it slightly overdone so that with with a, you know a couple of weeks or months when it relaxes it's perfect yes. so you know it's it's difficult to to always you can't guarantee anything and so i do always do that as a risk um, when I'm when I'm telling yes. patients about the surgery, mainly because you know it's one thing to know what your what potentially can happen during surgery, then to be surprised later and say yeah. you know women often think their eyes get smaller because they don't get smaller, but they say their eyes look smaller as they age, and that's for a number of different reasons. Sometimes it can be eyelid skin. Mm. Sometimes it is the bony structures around the eyes do change, and the eye does sink back a little bit. So it's important to know all the facts before you decide. And I know that's what makes it so difficult for you to, yeah. to decide. And sometimes even in that lower eyelid blepharoplasty, you can reposition some of that fat, which is also a nice way to improve exactly. the trough. So it is an involved surgery. Um, it's not it's not a long surgery. Quick How recovery. Long does it, take? it takes about forty five minutes. So you know, quick. you know, yeah. between the 30, 30 minutes to sixty minutes, is depending it the most, on how. Um, common of the eye surgeries that you perform for this sort of let's say James the sort of puffiness and my eyes if anything go the other way so I've got quite sunken eyes and my husband's always very sweetly saying you know your eyes are so sunken he's such a lovely man but (laughs) what happens with me is if I lose weight one of the first things that happens is my eyes appear to be more sunken than when I'm kind yeah. of bigger kind because of they're my looking. face they, hollow. they go hollow, hollow. Yeah. so I've got sort of almost a reverse situation to you yes it's a very common surgery yeah. I do them both ways I do them with a little bit of skin I do them just with fat I do sometimes reposition the fat um, in, in different ways I do sometimes say if you're very nervous you can always have the fat removed in one surgery from inside then reevaluate it and in. decide no yeah. no and then decide if you want to have a little bit of the skin removed yes. on the outside yeah. at a later time you know I obviously if you can handle having both at the same time it's one recovery one anesthesia Mm. one downtime but it's not that you can't do it having Mm. a little bit of skin removed is not such a involved involved surgery and while we've got Jane sitting here being our supermodel of the day. Because I have the same thing. Okay, so I was going to jab Jane's eye with a, <laughs> with a pen. And Marianne's just handed me a, a, a cotton bud. bud. I'm Gentle. reaching my cotton bud above Jane's eye on the inside corner where I get this as well. Sort of a little, slightly puffy. I have it too. You know, I have, have a it puffy too. lump. And that sort of came that's with fat. age. Welcome. That's fat. So that's fat. And does that's that come, fat. is that an aging thing? That happens to everybody again. So um, often, whenever I do an upper eyelid blepharoplasty, there's one little <coughs> fat pad that's right there, and I generally I remove it. Um, it's it's literally the size of a kernel of corn. It's not yes, very much. It's a corn but it does look bigger, though, doesn't it? It does. But it does show. It stretches that area. So in Jane and I, because Jane has similar eyes to, to myself, hers are bigger, but we have a lot of what's called eyelid shows. So you can see a lot of eyes. Exactly. upper eyelid when yeah. our eyes are open and so in people like us we never get that sort of 
eyelid skin that's going to sit on our eyelashes. What tends to happen in the upper eyelid, sadly, it becomes almost, it sinks backwards, and so it feels a little bit more gaunt, and then we still get this little bit of your, Yes, your upper lids in. don't look sadly no, no, at they all. they don't. But no. just you've got that again, lump, which I'm just taking my glass off. Do you see I've got it as well a bit here? Well, anyway, tiny, my, tiny. my little tiny is really No, not, not really. Oh, no. Not today. I'm looking at myself too much in the mirror, really. (laughs) Not really for you, don't. I I don't think you do either. I see it sometimes, but I don't worry about sort of, I don't, you know, I've got so many other things I like to think about. (laughs) The eyes aren't. But Jane, because I know you've done a lot of research over the years and you've done, you you, you know, you think about this a lot. I guess my concerns really are the thing we just discussed. Is my, is my bottom, is my eyelid not touching my eyeball? It's very unlikely for you to have the eyelid such that it would not touch the eyeball. That would be a, a very, mm. you know... And also maybe if I just went having the fat taken out, then I'd have quite a bit of skin there. You and might may, have a And maybe a hollow skin. eye. That's so hopefully my... it wouldn't be so hollow, because remember, part of the reason that that uh, trough shows is because you've got a hill next to it. If you don't have that hill next to it, that shadowing is also going to be slightly mm. less as well. I'm tugging your eye now, mm. gently. I see what you mean, Mariam. If you pulled, if you took that away, then you wouldn't have the trough. Oh, amazing! It'd be yeah. good, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. really, really good. Amazing with my finger. And also, t- but us. also, as Doctor Mariam said to me, how taking out it would take out a small amount of fat. Yeah, it's not. That they're is, not large it's, amounts. Uh, it's, it's a not, tiny it's not bit. A large so there'd be some fat left, but yes, I don't take everything out. Yeah. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Is this something that Jane could have used an eye cream over no, the years? No, nothing. Or so? You know, if she was an eye rubber or contact lens wear or an eye puller, you know, those types of things. I've given up using eye cream a long time ago. No eye cream works on fat so, in my eye. So the puffiness, the, the cream, so for instance, we have a depuff and define eye cream, but the reason that they work very temporarily, they don't take care of the problem, is what they can do is they can make it look less apparent because it almost detoxifies them a little bit. It drains mm-hmm. them. So like they usually have things like caffeine in them exactly. or different ingredients that yeah. help to just yes. uh, take away any fluid retention that's within the fat. But it, it, you're correct. They will not remove no. the fat. Can they deposit a kind of fat? Because I've often heard that eye creams can kind of almost add to the problem in a way. So if you use a very hydrating eye cream, which is meant to you know have lots of hyaluronic acid and have penetration to, to treat fine lines and wrinkles, sometimes your puffy eyes could get puffier because yeah. you're you're dragging in more fluid essentially yeah, I have noticed and would that. my hollow eyes get puffier it, it would be perfect for your eyes perfect so for you. I should use you should eye use cream. eye cream filled now with I know because acid. I always ignore eye cream completely it's the kind of part of the beauty world that if I ever get you know given a lovely present a or I think I think oh it's such a why bother product to me 
an eye cream, so now I know. I never quite know when well. to put it. Do I put it after my moisturiser, before my moisturiser? I'm never quite sure when I should put it on. I'm kind so, of, you know, and where? Like, where? Do you put it yeah. at the bottom of the socket? Yeah. So on basically the, the bony orbit of the eye, you could feel it with your like pinky finger yeah. or your index finger, and it goes all the way around, and you can use it on the entire eyelid, upper and lower eyelid. There's no reason to ignore your upper eyelid. Um, and then you gently pat it in. I tend to recommend using the eye cream first. The skin around the eyes is a lot more delicate, and therefore mm. eye creams are created to have a slightly better penetration in that very delicate skin, and then you can put your moisturizer yeah. on top. Gripping. And don't forget yeah, sunscreen so fascinating, there. Yeah. There are so many yeah. layers. I always talk about this, but I, I get so kind of how many layers can I bother be bothered to put on my face mm. today? Not too many. I yeah. do three. So eye cream. Now, if I was to add eye cream to my mix, I would have eye cream, vitamin C serum, and whatever the day cream. Yes, that I'm with using. SPF. Yeah, yeah, with SPF. Yeah, of at least 30. Yes, Mariam. Yes, <laughs> Every time I write about a piece about anything to do with, with the guinea pig, I, I find myself writing, and then Mariam was not very yeah. happy. <laughs> oh, Mariam gave me that oh, disappointed no. look. Oh, I never give you a disappointed look. No, but because I think you understand it, and I sort of think, I'm just like, yippee, I'll throw that on my face today, you know. If I bother washing my... I mean, I'm always doing something. If I bother washing yeah. my face and I'm thinking, if she bothers, if she bothers... No, you know what? I know you're totally exaggerating. But I'm slapped yeah. at where you think that. No, now I have a very keen nose. I would smell it. Okay. <laughs> but the other thing I wanted to say about the lower eyelids too. So in some people who don't have enough fat protruding forward... I do a lot of tear trough filler. So the idea is you fill in that exact trough that creates that little valley. And so you're elevating that to, to almost make it as high as any of the fat that's prolapsing forward. Which is res what is responsible for our whole relationship. Because yes, Because there was a exactly. girl at Vogue uh, exactly. who shall remain nameless. But she actually had, she came in one day looking absolutely extraordinary and she'd always struggle. I always thought she had these very puffy eyes. No. In the way that, with all due respect, yeah. you have puffy yeah. eyes. They're and different. then suddenly she came in without with this very smooth face, and I said, what's happened? And she'd, you had filled her tear troughs, yes. and it was such a really? radical difference. I cannot tell you. So I always tell people, it, 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 if, if you just have a tear trough and no fat, it's a great treatment because you know you just look fresher. You don't yeah. look different. Yeah. If you have a little bit of fat, of course, it doesn't take care of the fat. I, the only way to take care of the fat is to operate. But it can mask it, and it might not be able to mask it completely depending on the extent of the fat prolapse. But you can look fresher just by improving that differential between the heights of the two areas. Mm. So that little hill and that little, that fat that's prolapsing and then that tear trough. So I do quite a lot of those. Um, it is an injection. It doesn't have as the downtime that surgery has. It takes about 10, 15 minutes to do. You could potentially have a little bruise um, or a little swelling afterwards because it is with hyaluronic acid and hyaluronic acid loves holding on to fluid and water. But generally, most people are really, you know, they can go about their day and their lives without any worry. I do say it can take anywhere from five days to a month for it to totally settle. But I tend to do them in slow and little quantities between the two eyes. And then people mm. oftentimes say, you know, that's great. It actually, I don't have time to have surgery no. right now. And at least this gives me another year and a half because it is a, a commitment. You know, I tell people when they have surgery to take at least to take that one week off from, from work. Let's talk Turkey. Okay. So Jane, if you were to have your eyes 
done, yes. which is a decision you've yet to make. Yes. But realistically, looking at Jane with what you feel that she has to have done to her eyes, what are the kind of costs involved? In so a, in a it's different like for most people, uh, for different doctors, but here at the Cadogan Clinic with anesthetic and all your aftercare and you know just surgery fees and everything yeah. like that, it's about £6,000. Yeah. And you'd see That's me a bunch of times. two coats and a handbag in Fashion Week. <laughs> <laughs> true, right? I'm always saying true. that. I mean, fashion people spend, or people yeah. interested in clothes, and who can, spend a lot of money on yeah. clothes. And I think, you know, your your face is the first thing anybody yeah. looks at. I think so. a face refresh Yeah, well worth the investment. Yeah. The risks of having any sort of blepharoplasty is the same. So I always say that, too much or too little removed is a problem. So if you remove too much skin or fat, if you remove too much skin, that's when you come into some problems with closure of the eye. You can, that can develop into dry eyes, eyelid malpositions, which is what you were talking about with the eyelid falling downwards, called an ectropion. Um, very rare, but can happen. Too little removed means that if you d- might not have taken enough skin away or enough fat, so you still could have a little bit of puffiness or a little bit of extra skin in that area. Always better to have that, in my opinion, than, than the first. I agree. Um, yeah. Bruising and swelling, I don't really call those risks. I think you should assume that you're having surgery and therefore that's normal to have a little bit of bruising and swelling. Most people, you know, with lower eyelids uh, that do it from the inside, they go walking the next day and no one can tell that they've had surgeries. Amazing. But, you know, that's, yeah. everybody's slightly different. different. Yeah. So asymmetry, so that's always a potential possibility. One side is not equivalent to the other side. And as I said, dry eyes. Scarring is one that a lot of people are worried about. So in the upper eyelid, it's generally hidden in the eyelid crease. So, you know, unless you're looking down or someone's directly looking for a scar that, you know, you generally you don't see it. Uh, in rare cases, you can have hyper or hypopigmentation in those areas where the scar is. Uh, again, that's very rare, and there are things that could potentially be done to improve that. And in the lower eyelid, obviously, because there is no eyelid crease to, sh- to hide it in, you can see that scar for a little bit longer. So I tell people, uh, most people, if they're uh, go, you know, on TV or they're an actress or a pop star or whatever, that they, if they really want to be out in the public for people not to know they've had anything, I say give it four to six weeks. You mm-hmm. know, So that's not that you can, can't go back to work and resume normal activity. Most people won't be able to tell you've had anything done but if you're really in the spotlight i would give yourself a you know four to six weeks and if your daughter's getting married or you yeah. know you have like your big some you know meeting or i don't know convention then i wouldn't do it during those types of times. so interesting when you ask the risk because yeah. i feel like we're in one of those american tv commercials where you could end up having kind of penile dysfunction <laughs> <laughs> and and you know di- possible diarrhea which exactly. neither of which my yeah. aunt's mentioned so you'd have to worry <laughs> Yeah, I don't do anything beneath beneath the chest down. Thank you very much. Nothing I do. Don't worry about your penile dysfunction. (laughs) No, exactly. No, but I'd like everybody to know those risks. And and they're very low risk. Uh, I always even say blindness, even though, as I said, it's like unlikely and, you know, your eyes completely protected and we're nowhere near the eyeball, really. But I always say because they are exceedingly rare, you know, infection is rare. I usually give antibiotics during surgery and then there's an ointment that you place on the eye. But it's interesting you say I always say because thank God because I'm the kind of person that would walk into any high street chemist 
and say, what can I do for my eyes? And they'll say, well, we can just give you an operation out here in the back room. And I'd be, I'd be in there lying down and going, do it It's now. true, actually. So she would. Thought, would. She really would. Just, you, know, you know what I might? I'd I go know. into a kind of... I know, you come to a... Yeah, yeah. I'm like, so excited. It's like a kid in a candy. There's no fear, this one. Yeah, let's do my tits It's terrible. I've got such a sort of my my kind of protective edit button is terrible so that's why we have you Mariam obviously to stop me and other people like me from just running blithely into the next thing that no, it's they, good to, it's good to know doing. and then you know there are a lot of people who have good surgery done too yeah I went to the share concert and she's 73 years old and is a legend I mean I love her so much and she looks amazing. Yeah. Clearly, she's had work done, but it's good work. She went through uh, in the concert. I mean, concert. she can barely move, but she looks amazing. No, no, no. She looks she like my granny. No. She's 73 years I old. Know, she's, right. She could be your granny. Old, she could be my granny, but she looks like my sister. Yeah, well, she looks She looks actually younger than me, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and she hasn't changed, which I think is really yeah. amazing. So she had what appears to be a, have had a rhinoplasty at some point. But other than that, her actual face, her eyes, her cheekbones, they have actually stayed the same throughout all the decades. And she went through all of her decades uh, with different songs, with different memories and you know, video a portrait in, in a cupboard somewhere. Yes, <laughs> it was it was amazing, and I have to say, at the very end, she had a great story. When she was forty years old, and Jack Nicholson called and told her she's too old and not the right person for this, you know, this role and all this stuff. <laughs> and right, she said, "All right, so now time to get on with the concert." And she turned around and she said, "What's your granny doing tonight?" And I just <laughs> thought, you know what, you're fabulous. That's you so look fabulous. fabulous. That's so good. But actually, on that subject, what age do women Any start age. coming here? Any age, do you, you find, know, sort of in their twenties or thirties. So, generally speaking, it's forty plus. Having said that, um, and usually on the later side of forty, even. But uh, having said that, I have operated on people in their twenties. Um, because I always, I have the ethos that if something bothers you more days than not, and there's something that can be done about it, then why not do something about it? So if you're a 29 year old and I have had a 29 year old who has very puffy eyes and you know, it gets her down. Everybody's constantly telling her she looks tired and you know, she had a crazy night last night and she's like, I don't even do anything, you know? Having a lower eyelid blepharoplasty to remove that fat is life-changing. Yeah. And I think it's, it makes people more confident and makes them happier. And it just makes them forget about it yeah. for a very long time. And so I don't have restrictions on when... I mean, I, I don't, I've never seen anybody super young, like in, in their early 20s with it. But, um, you know, generally speaking, if they have something that I can that I think surgery would benefit as opposed to doing fillers or something, I, I would say mm-hmm. just go for it. And same with the upper eyelids. I used to say, you know, if you're, you really should be at minimum around the 40 mark because, you know, how much skin can you possibly have when you're young? And actually in recent years, I've seen a lot of very young women and men who have a lot of excess skin. So if I showed yeah. you photos... Yeah you might not think that they are actually of somebody of that age. So again, it's really de- dependent on the person who is having, is worried and, and about any of their eyelids. Uh, so I don't put an age. If you do have surgery when you're younger, the likelihood of having skin removed again later is higher. Right, just because, yes. not higher, it's it, it's just that you will probably want to have a second one. It won't last you until 80 years old, you know? Yeah. So we generally say surgery lasts about seven to 12 years. So ballpark 
for the eyelid skin. So if you remove the upper eyelid when you're in your late 20s, then you probably will in your late 40s want to have another have one, another you know, because... Mm. How long have yours bothered you? They've been bad for quite a long time. I would say for the last 20 years, I've been umming and ahhing and looking at my you? eyes. Yeah, and Don't I... Give I us a ballpark I'm figure of how old I you are. I feel like I always look tired. Yeah. I'm a really bad sleeper. Well, I'm going to be 60 next year. You look amazing. You look amazing. You do look amazing. You don't look anywhere near your age, by the way. But I know she's been contemplating it for a long time because she knew all the questions to ask. She (laughs) had like. Where did you do your research? um, I've seen quite a few doctors in London. You have one in Paris. Yeah, I've I've done the round, (laughs) looking around. But you know, yeah, one of them asked you on a date. He did. That's one how did, good you look. One did oh ask me on my God, day. that's amazing, <laughs> yeah. but very unethical. Go? No, I, I, I hope the doctor. Know. Did you? I went for a drink. <gasps> I wasn't sure if it was a date or not a date. <laughs> and did you say you've got beautiful eyes, and it'll only cost you ten thousand euros for them to be even like, more was beautiful? He, was he French? Like he was French. Oh my God, what a cliche! Isn't that fabulous? <laughs> I know a lot of people who've ended up hello with their doctors and their but surgeons. you know you're not supposed to no I know you're not supposed to but I think it's like you know I know I love people who've ended up having flings with their shrinks as well I that's think also you're not yeah, supposed that's to worse. Worse. yeah that's worse a fling with a shrink is really bad yeah. I feel like if it's a plastic surgeon yeah. and then it's 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 gone then I mean you don't have an ongoing relationship with your plastic hopefully you don't mm. have an you, you treat what you have the problem with and then you don't although I back. can kind of see okay this is sort of perverse but I can kind of see the idea of a straight plastic surgeon creating his idea of beautiful and then sort of you know but then, and, and I can also get it from the woman's point of view. I mean, it's just kind of gossipy moment, little break in our show. But I do, I can see the idea that a woman would attach herself to the idea of this man who can make her, in her mind, her, her, best. her best self. Yes. And then there being a kind of an attraction between that. I mean, I'm not encouraging it, anybody out there listening, but I do think it's a kind of, I think, you know, weirder things have happened. Anyway. Well, definitely. We all have Jane, stories. Jane, I'm glad that you didn't run away with the eye doctor. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I'm not going to quiz you here on the show about what your final decision is, but do you feel that you have, I mean, God knows, after the doctors and the people you've seen, but do you feel that you have a clear picture and an understanding of what? I'm sitting here now and I'm talking to Dr. Mariam. I really feel like I would, I want to have it done. Finally. Okay. Let's not go out and take it downstairs. Should we do it now? No. (laughs) I think because I know, you know, there's something else. So you've just left your job because Marie Claire magazine is no more, sadly. So you find yourself out there. You, you, you still want to work. You, and I think, um, when I left Vogue, it's when I had my neck done and my lower face lift and it gave me a real boost. I mean, and I put myself back out there in the marketplace and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, my brain is as sharp as ever. Mm-hmm. I lied. And, and my jaw is now as sharp as ever. It gave me a real boost. Yes. It gave me a sense of um, confidence that I probably, even though, you know, I chose to leave my job, but still I found myself feeling yeah. a bit vulnerable. And I think... It's nice to give yourself a boost. Yeah, but that's how I feel. I feel like I, I need a boost. I need... You know, if it, you know, that's what I say. If, you, if something bothers you more days than not, then it's really something, and we can do something about it. It bothers me not? every day. I wake up in the morning, I'm constantly pulling my eyes looking like that. Please stop you know, pulling. Please stop, yes. <laughs> please stop pulling your eyes. So you know what it costs. Yeah. You know what the downtime is. Yes. You, know you have some time to do it. Yeah. yeah. Yes, watch your space. Watch this <laughs> Jane, thank you so much. Thank for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's very brave to come on and talk about. Um, no, I love talking about it. Yeah. I think about it all the time. But let's see. In five years, she'll come back. Now. <laughs>
that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the guinea pig podcast. Plus, you can email us at the guinea pig pod at gmail.com. See you next week. Bye. Bye. The guinea pig provides unbiased information to those who may be considering cosmetic surgery or even trialing a non-invasive treatment or product. We do not endorse the use of any product or procedure featured in this podcast and are not responsible for the outcome of any of the treatments featured on this podcast or damage caused in connection with any treatments or products. Should you decide to try any of the procedures, treatments or products mentioned in any episode of The Guinea Pig, you do so at your own risk. Always consult an independent and fully qualified medical professional if you are considering embarking on a medical procedure, irrespective of whether it's an invasive or non-invasive procedure.